Hey guys, I'm Jackie Brubaker. I'm an author, producer, two-time Emmy Award winner, and host of That Girl the Podcast. Each week, I bring on inspiring people and stories to help you become that girl or that guy in your life. That Girl the Podcast is based on the romantic comedy That Girl a Novel, which is now available as a podcast to listen to. Listen to each chapter about finding yourself and adulting in LA. Find That Girl a Novel everywhere you listen to your podcasts. You can also find it on Amazon to buy the Kindle or paperback of. For more, find us at thatgirlthepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at thatgirlthepodcast and our Patreon page. Hello, Emily Kaufman. How are you? And welcome to That Girl the Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jackie. Yay. Um, we are going to talk about um, your past, your present, your future, everything you're doing. Um, I always like people to introduce themselves and say kind of in brief what they do, and then we'll just have a conversation. Awesome. Yeah. So right now, you know, I'm my own podcast host. I have Girls Gone Healthy. You know, I was stuck at home and I was like, how could I motivate and encourage people while being socially distanced, while not leading workouts. And so I started the podcast and this platform of coaching women on just like how to love their bodies and feel good working out and feel motivated to do so, um, you know, without all the stress of it. Right, right. So you were, and I've never been an athlete. I was a dancer, so it's similar, but not quite. Um, You were a tier one athlete. Um, Tell me about that and how that transferred into fitness. Yeah, so I was a Division One athlete at University of Oklahoma, and so I was a coxswain for the rowing team. And so if you don't know what that is, it's like the small little person at the back of the boat. So I'm not actually rowing, like I don't have an oar, but I'm more coaching. Oh, and well, that's so, perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is kind of the in-between. So it's like a weird position to be an athlete because I'm not really measured on fitness level, mm-hmm. but because of the position, I had to be 110 pounds. And so I had to be 110 pounds for eight years, which staying any weight for eight years is basically that's impossible. Long, yeah, that's a really <laughs> long time. How tall are you? I'm five foot. So like I am a little okay. smaller human. Like <laughs> That helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like 110 pounds is normally around where I'm at but for the last two years you know that's when I became legal to drink that's when I was like hanging out at the sorority house that's when like I was just eating so unhealthy that I was putting on the weight naturally and or 40 whatever (laughs) (laughs) exactly and so you know I did have this kind of weird balance where I was an athlete but at the same time like I was just like living and dying by the scale of trying to reach that weight and ended up you know that's kind of where I started this whole like dieting cycle and trying to lose weight cycle yeah tell me about the dieting cycle because that's a very that's a downward downward spiral go into that and how you how you started where you went how you found yourself out of it Yeah. So I guess it started, you know, when I came back from summer after my junior year, I stepped on the scale and I was 10 pounds over and I was like, I've never been 10 pounds over. And at first, you know, it was something that I'm like, oh, I got this. This is easy. I have time before competition. But then as it got closer and closer, the weight still wasn't budging. And I felt like I was like, you know, doing all the right things. I was restricting myself from all the desserts and I was doing extra cardio, you know, I was like doing all those things that I was Googling, but I was just adding so much stress on myself. And so it turned from this thing that I was like, oh, 10 pounds, I got this, I can lose 10 pounds to being like this really emotional issue. And I almost felt like, you know, I was putting so much stress on myself to reach it. And I felt like a failure every time I didn't reach it. And my scholarship was put on this, 
one weight and so it wasn't even for me like this aesthetic thing or like trying to fit into jeans it was like this is like something that I almost committed to myself right and every time that I wasn't hitting that number I was breaking that commitment to myself I was letting my teammates down and so it really quickly snowballed into okay it started off with just like small restrictions and baby steps which could work, right? Like eating healthier works, but not as fast as I wanted and not as dramatic as I wanted. So then, you know, I started doing all these things. And by the end of my senior year, I was almost like on a completely like protein shake diet (laughs) because it was like the the easiest thing for me to calorie count. It was, you know, quote unquote healthy because it's protein shakes. And I saw my like athletes like drinking protein shakes. I was like, oh, I'll do that. But just like for every meal and not enough. And so it really took me until after I was removed from athletics to even realize like how detrimental that was not just to my health, but also the mental aspect of it too. Absolutely. So then did you, were you able to go back on the team or were you not? Yeah. So I struggled my last two years with it in college. And so I never ended up at the weight again. I didn't compete, you know, at the rank that I wanted to, but I stayed on the team up until graduation and then graduation ended. I was like, that is it. Like being healthy is so hard because in my head, (laughs) I like only thought that being healthy was losing weight and was working out every single day as I saw all of my teammates do. And so I was like, this is really hard to be healthy. I'm like leaving that whole lifestyle behind. So I graduated, moved back to Boston and like just didn't go to a gym for a year straight after that. Sure. You're like enough forever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, whew, being a woman and being a certain weight and dieting and all of the emotional pressure that we all have, um, like whether it's being an athlete or I was a dancer, same same situation, um, and you get really tied into a number. Like I don't even care if you've never been an athlete or a dancer. Like as a woman, you just get tied into a number and, you know, as you get older, it does shift and then you think, oh, well – just like that. Like, oh, we'll just lose it immediately. And then it doesn't budge. And then all of the like cortisol kicks in and you're like, wait, hold on. I'm literally eating nothing and it's not even moving. And like, actually, did I gain a pound? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> it's crazy making. So, okay. So you took a year off. You were like, enough of this. Then what happened? Yeah. Then, you know, I still wasn't feeling in a good place because now, you know, I'm not active at all. I'm not watching what I'm eating. And I really also miss the community aspect of it. I miss being around a team and pushing myself, you know, going to a gym. And so I started group fitness and that was like, everything that being a team was on. You know, I had a coach telling me what to do. I had people around me who's like energy and motivation I could feel off of. And so I started with a bunch of those and then I just got slowly into the habit again. But for this, it wasn't like I was trying to reach a goal anymore. I didn't have a goal of winning a competition. I didn't have a goal of trying to hit a certain weight, but instead it was just so fun for me. Like I finally found exercising that I enjoyed because I wasn't just going to a gym and being like oh let's do bicep curls but you know I was like going (laughs) yeah I was going into this room where it was fun like cycling and yoga like all of these fun activities and Mm -hmm. then because of that I naturally started going more I found myself now going to the gym every single day again Mm -hmm. but once again instead of that scale as the motivator now it was just something so fun and something that I enjoyed doing. So, okay. So you're in this group environment. Um, 
I always found that sometimes I'd like kind of compete with the people around me too. I'm not sure. Did you ever feel like that? A little bit. Healthy yeah. competition. Healthy competition. Absolutely. It's so then, so you're going to become a cycling instructor and then COVID hits. So then what happened? Yeah. So I still, you know, had this message that I wanted to get out. Like I wasn't even thinking about like a platform, but I was just thinking one-on-one, you know, like that person mm-hmm. who's in the room, like I wanted to speak to that person that used to be me. Sorry. And then and- I'm sitting, um, at home and I'm scrolling online a lot more now. And all the messaging that I saw was really, you know, putting me back in that place of like, oh, quarantine 15 and you should start getting into a workout routine again. And yeah. I was like, I mean, I don't have a gym. I don't have the motivation. I'm more stressed than ever, right? Like all those things that came with it. And so instead of just consuming it all, I was like, I want to be able to speak, you know, this message that I have and also to let other people know that it's very normal to feel these ways. Like it's mm-hmm. a very normal thing to want to lose weight or to also feel frustrated by not being able to, right? There's all sorts of spectrums and on the journey of like where you are in your health. And so it's just bringing like a more relatable voice to that. Awesome. So what do you like to tell people? Like, what is your message? What is the thing that you just feel so passionate about to help people understand that better? Yeah, I just feel really passionate about like letting people know that this is something that isn't for a weight loss journey or something that is not supposed to add on more things to do in your life. Like it shouldn't be another to-do list of, oh, now I need to add in working out and meal prep and all these things. But it's something that really enhances your life. Mm -hmm. And I say life, not just health. It's not you're focusing on this for your health, but it will go into all areas of your life. It'll make you show up more confident. If you're showing up for yourself in the morning at the gym, pushing yourself to do hard things, you're telling yourself, okay, I can do hard things. So when stuff gets thrown your way later, you're prepared for that. And so I really think that, you know, it is this huge holistic approach that health and fitness especially can really add to your life. And it should, it shouldn't be something stressful or that you feel like you're bad at, or it feels like it's really hard. Yeah. What about, um, someone who has never worked out and they're, you know, just intimidated to even like buy a set of, you know, dumbbells or something like, what would you suggest to that person? Yeah, I mean, they should definitely, you know, start small, start easy. It's really easy also going into it of almost being like, okay, today is the day I get healthier. Today is the day that I throw out everything in my fridge and I sign up for a gym and I'm like doing this 180 change. But it really doesn't have to be like that. It can just kind of build on the habits that you're already doing. So if you want to start working out more, okay, what activities are you already doing? You can start picking up walking more. It doesn't have to be, you know, if you've been someone who really likes those low impact movements to be like, I'm going to start running and do a 5k. (laughs) Like there can be something that fits for you that works for you. And then also a little note, you know, if someone is a beginner and they're like, I actually just hate exercise (laughs) and I hate working out because I mean, I had been there too. Yeah. I think that an important thing to note there is a lot of times we hate things that we're not good at. Mm, mm, mm. 
So I'd really <laughs> love to challenge them to be like, okay, is it that you hate it or are you just bad at it? Because fitness is a skill just like anything else and you're going to work at getting better. You're going to improve over time. And then when you do start to see the improvements, that's going to push you to like be like, oh, I got this. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to be better. So yeah. just push through the part of you being bad at it. Everyone's bad at it at the beginning. And I would also like to just note that maybe you'll never be good at it, but you still like doing it. You know, maybe you're a terrible runner, but you really like to run. So like, who cares if you're flopping all over the place? Like nobody cares, <laughs> you know, it's just the enjoyment. And I think you have some really good points with a lot of people just don't like to work out. They just feel very uncomfortable. Um, but just kind of pushing through it too, is just so part of the journey and just especially as like as goal building, which you work on with people too. It's just like hitting those goals. Like you've got to kind of just push through the uncomfortable part of it. Otherwise you'll never get to the other side. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like, you know, with goals, sometimes we do set a goal that's way too big for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's usually the case, right? It's usually not the case yeah. that we set something really small. And so, you know, I just, I do encourage people, you know, you can be a beginner at it. You can be bad at it. Like you can readjust your goals, but just the important part is starting and just doing it. Like yeah. you'll never know unless you start trying it. Right. What would you say to like um, young girls and young women about like the, the scale, you know, and kind of getting really hung up on the scale and that number, especially, you know, especially when you haven't worked out hard before, and then you do start working out, um, you sometimes just gain weight, you gain muscle, you gain water immediately. And so you could be like a couple of pounds over what you were a week later. Um, what do you talk to them about to sort of combat that? Yeah. I mean, I don't think that if unless you do have a goal like I had for my athletic position, like you don't need the scale. That's not telling you too much about your body. There are a lot of other things that you can rely on. Like how's your body feeling, your energy levels, or how much weight have you been increasing, right? Like have you been PRing and stuff? There's a lot of What's other that? things to, what? What's PRing? Oh, personal bests or personal record. Oh. That's like, yeah, so that's what we talked about like a lot of time in sports, you know, like, okay. There's other things that you can improve on or set goals that way instead of goals that are based on the scale. Because as you said, like the scale can move because you gain muscle or because of water weight. There's a lot of things. And when we tie ourselves to the scale, mm -hmm. you know, we could see it go down after a week and you're like, yeah, I did it. I lost weight. Okay, now let me go back to what I'm doing. Or <laughs> yeah. a week in, you could be like, oh, I went up in weight. This is hard. I don't like doing this. And then you go back to what you're doing. So mm -hmm. either way, like it's not actually measuring progress of how healthy you are and what you're doing. It's just something that a lot of us get emotionally tied to, which I mean, that's what I did for years. So I'm definitely guilty of it too. Right. So what about um, social media? I know that that is a huge place of comparison with people and especially young girls and women. I mean, all ages really doesn't even matter. And men, men really struggle from body dysmorphia these days too. Yeah. I mean, social media, it's so easy to be scrolling through and compare yourself to everyone else that you see. And so I remember when I wanted to start getting in weight or getting in shape and losing weight, I'd follow these accounts that were all about, you know, healthy living or runners. And they all had, you know, the six pack abs and they all 
looked amazing and really strong. And I had been working out, you know, for years at this point. I had been an athlete for years. I knew how to work out and I didn't look like that. And so, yeah, you were an athlete. I mean, you literally were doing everything right. And even you felt that way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, also when I was looking at them, you know, you can look at rowers that they look um, like for modeling or showing off the uniforms. I was like, wait, this isn't what my rowers look like. My rowers <laughs> like have some meat to them, you know, like, right. but they're the high performers. So, you know, it's hard to be surrounded by these models or also like filtered pictures, you know, what people are picking and choosing. And so yeah. that was something that I also struggled with a lot when I decided I wanted to be a cycling instructor. Cause I was like, oh, do I have to look like this? Cause this is what everyone else looks like. Yeah. But it's kind of, you know, telling yourself of, you're never going to look like them. That might be the harsh truth, but you're not. It's true. It is true. <laughs> and so instead of comparing yourself to someone else, how can you compare yourself to how you were a month ago, six mm-hmm. months ago? Like, how far have you come? Because it's hard yeah. to say just don't compare. Everyone's going to compare to something. Sure. Yeah. And so I love to look at how far I've come on the journey, not like physically, you know, I'm not like, looking at before and after pictures of myself, but just like, how am I feeling now? Like I've built up discipline. I now have a routine, you know, like you can just make those little comparisons and that's going to make you so much better than comparing yourself to someone's life that you don't even know. (laughs) Absolutely. And measurements that you'll never have, you know, like you'll never be five, nine, neither will I. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Those were the people that I was looking at. And so I was like, oh, okay, now I get it. No matter how much I work out, my body's just not going to change shape. <laughs> right, like my ribs will never be taller than they are. That's that's it. <laughs> um, what about, because I think every single woman feels this way. We all have something on us that we wish was gone, like your thighs or your stomach or your arms, just whatever it is. Like somebody's got their one spot that they're like, if only... What do you say to that? How do you talk to people about that? Yeah, I mean, that's really hard because, you know, we're in this negative self-talk and we're looking at it every day or maybe we're paying attention to it every day. And I kind of just have to remind you that you've been speaking negatively about it for however long, right? Maybe like your whole life, maybe it's been like a few years and that hasn't changed it and that hasn't changed your attitude around it. So that's not gonna help you in the long run. Like that hasn't gotten you anywhere so far. So I think that the most important thing is like, you're not trying to change something about yourself. You're not trying to, you know, maybe slim down your legs to look like the model you saw on Instagram, but- is how can you start accepting your body because that's why you're doing it. That's why, that's the only way that you'll commit to living a healthy lifestyle is because you want to improve yourself and you love yourself, not Mm -hmm. hating your way into it. And I think that it's really hard, you know, when you do compare and you get these messages of, oh, my stomach's not flat enough. Oh, I want to change this. I want to change that. Because, I mean, at some point, there's always something that someone wants to change. Of course. (laughs) just try to be more accepting and easy on yourself. Like no one else expects that of you. So why are you expecting it of yourself? Oh, I so agree with that. I was just having a conversation about that where, you know, when you love people, friends, partners, whatever, you just love them, you know? And if they're getting like at a place where they're like, you know, severely unhealthy, like, cool, let's talk. But most likely they're perfect just the way they are. And like nobody 
notices the stuff that you notice. And I also truly believe that like losing that five pounds, you're like, if only I could lose more, like five more pounds, I'd be perfect. No one's going to notice that either. You're going to look the same. You're just going to notice it. And if that makes you happy, by all means, like go for it. But mostly it just makes you frustrated from just Mm -hmm. working so hard to lose five pounds that truthfully, you'll probably gain back and still be the same person, you know? Yeah. And also with that too, right? It's not like, you know, it's not usually the people are trying to make these huge changes. It's always, you know, those last five pounds, those last five pounds, then I'll be happier. And yes, you could lose those five pounds, but what is it costing you? Yes. Right? Like, Yes, you could do it, but is that costing you your date nights? And now you're like, oh, honey, like I can't have that extra drink. I can't have that dessert. Is it costing you more time? Maybe like with your friends, you're like, oh, I have to leave early so I can wake up in the morning. Like all those things are healthy, yes, but only to an extent. And you still want that balance for enjoying life. And that might be what those final five pounds are for you. I was just thinking that today. I was sitting here eating a little mini cinnamon roll. And I was just like, you know what? I really don't care. Like, I just don't. It's so little. It makes me really happy. And like, who cares if I have like a little extra something on my stomach? Like no one else has ever been like Jackie, you know, (laughs) we should really talk about that teeny tiny bit of fat you have on your stomach. Like ever. (laughs) No one has ever said that. I was just like, yeah, drink the extra glass of wine if you want it. If you're with friends and you're celebrating or you're just out for the night, like have a life because- I think we've all been there where you've worked so hard and been so diligent. You're just angry most of the time. You're just tired and hungry, really hungry, really <laughs> angry. You know? Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm all for people achieving their goals. Absolutely. And if you have a goal that you want to set and you want to hit it and it's important to you, I think it's really, really healthy to do it. But then after that, like, you know, when does it end? You know, what if you're like, oh, well, Maybe if I lost X more amount of pounds or had this kind of stomach or like whatever it is, you know, just pick a thing. You're mm-hmm. right. I mean, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make a difference. Um, in fact, I said this on a live yesterday because I just thought it was so brilliant. Um, I was watching Glennon Doyle. Um, she, if you don't know her, she's a motivational author and speaker, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And she's like, you know, I always wanted six pack abs. And then I got a trainer and it worked out. And I ate right. And now I have six pack abs. And she's like, do you know what I think? How am I not going to lose these six pack abs? That's all she can think about is not losing them versus wanting them. And it's the same energy. It's the same feeling of lack, really just fear. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's silly. And I think it's fun to achieve things like temporarily, I think maybe like that. Cause that's such a level mm-hmm. of upkeep that no, thank you. And if you have six, six pack abs normally, you were born that way. <laughs> those, those are your genes. <laughs> but yeah, I just no. thought that was so brilliant. Yeah. And I love what you said there of like, when does it end? Because a lot of people, you know, they think of the end goal as like, okay, I'll lose the five pounds and then be happy, right? The end goal Mm. is this happy. But as you said, the cinnamon roll you had today made you really happy. It did. So (laughs) if you're going to cut out all these levels of happiness of spending time doing what you want to do in order for this one goal, it's, it should be about balance, right? Like you shouldn't Mm. be cutting out one happiness for the other. It will Mm. never end. Completely. 
Okay, so let's briefly talk about your podcast, where we can find it, what's it called, all the goods. Yeah, so my podcast is called Mm -hmm. Girls Gone Healthy. It's just, you know, what we talked about here, a lot of motivation and fitness advice. So come check it out. And then on Instagram at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Yay. And then you also have a a boot camp, which sounds amazing. Uh, Talk about that real quick. Let people know what that is. Yeah, so it's called Beyond the Hype Boot Camp, and it's a six-week program because, you know, I I know what it's like to be going on and off the wagon of you're motivated for two weeks, and then you fall off for a week, and then you're like, oh, I have to catch back up, and it's just never-ending. So it's a six-week program on how to actually commit to making a change and what changes you should make and guiding that along the way. Amazing. And now is a perfect time to sign up for that because we're still in the beginning of the year. People are still like, I want to get in shape, finally. So definitely go find you. I'm going to have all of your links below. But this was so nice. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Make sure to rate the podcast and leave a review. We really rely on this to help get the podcast out there. Also, make sure to watch the video version on YouTube and follow us on Instagram at That Girl the Podcast.